um, it's going to be up on the screen. So read along with me. Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, not of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffered as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the, love, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Just like to invite Glenn up, who's going to bring us the message. Thanks for the invite back. Good to be back as a guest preacher. <laughs> it's been good. I was, um, as my mother so lovingly just reminded me, it's hard to get rid of me. <laughs> Can't get rid of me, or something she said. <laughs> Because um, I was at Cavell on Tuesday, I'm here on Sunday, and I'm doing men's breakfast next week. <laughs> then you won't see me for the rest of the year. It'll be good. Um, I preached this uh, sermon up in uh, up in the hills at Hope, up in the hills, um, a couple of weeks back. And um, when I was asking God about what to preach here, this sermon just resonated. So it's been tweaked. Uh, to go here. It's called uh, Question to You. As you look back on your life, um, who has it been who has answered your questions? Like, why did Gary Ablett break his shoulder in the first 10 minutes of the grand final last year? Or where do babies come from? Or is the earth flat? No. no. <laughs> Maybe bigger questions. Uh, 
What subjects should I study? What career should I pursue? What jobs should I go for? Who should I marry? <laughs> should I get married? Or, as Donna reminded us earlier, where was God when this happened? How could possibly God allow that to happen? Is the Bible even true? What's my purpose? How do I get through? And so as you think about maybe some of those questions, who is it that you go to for answers for those questions? Who is it that's helped you answer those questions? God. It's a good one. It's the first one to go. What about the people? Who is it that you seek out that would listen to you? What sort of people uh, were they? Um, why did you value their answers? I think that we live in a time where people are asking more and more questions about life. You read sort of sociologists and people who study the culture, um, there's a, an, an air that this world hasn't lived up to in questions of how do we make sense of this world. You've probably had conversations with people in your family or in your workplace or at your school or your neighbours who are asking lots sorts of questions. I don't know what to believe anymore. How did you answer them? <laughs> They're asking questions, how do I make sense of this? Or what would you say about that? Or what do you believe? I think that sort of ties in nicely with the theme that you guys are going through. I think you're going to go through the Apostles' Creed or started doing that. How good are you at answering those sorts of questions about what you believe? Each of us in our roles or our situations are going to be required many times, probably a day or even through the week, is to ask, answer questions people ask us. Sometimes they're from young people, maybe they're our kids uh, around the table, maybe they're um, uh, young people that we uh, connect with or... Uh, Teenagers that we're interacting with, maybe we're actually trying to interact with questions from our ageing parents who are on the, in their last years. How are you going at answer their questions? Maybe you're interacting with people who are believers and struggling with faith. Maybe you're actually interacting with questions with people who are not believers at all and don't believe that God's real Maybe you're dealing with sceptical or even angry people. Maybe you're having questions from people who are growing in their faith and they want to move forward in their faith. And so um, as Peter reminds us, as the family of God, as God's children, are you always prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks you for the reason that the hope you have? And are you doing that with gentleness and respect? So today, I'm asking you, us, we, this question, how are you going to do that? How do you actually answer their questions? How prepared are you for it? How well do you do it? 
Uh, we're going to uh, look at this uh, letter to, that Paul writes to Timothy, uh, to Timothy, and we've just read the first uh, chapter today, but I'd encourage you maybe even uh, today or during the week to have a read through it and just look at the things that uh, him in answering the questions of his congregation. So he's a young pastor that's in this place and he's actually doubting whether he's got what it takes to actually lead this church and probably answer their questions. And I would say it's uh, one of the most common things that I've come across in my ministry is um, you people, Christians, coming to me saying, I don't have what it takes to answer questions. I don't know what to say. I had this opportunity this week and I, I didn't know what to say. My kids asked me this or actually I'm not that good with words. I haven't studied enough. I don't know my Bible enough. I'm not good at praying enough or and we often doubt our own ability to be able to interact with these questions or to bring answers. What do I have to offer in this situation? And so hopefully, like Paul's letter to Timothy, this message uh, will be an encouragement to us that uh, Paul has been equipped to answer their questions. And he's been equipped to do that um, since he was a child through his um, grandmother and his mother and through Paul himself. But also much more than that, he's actually been equipped by the faith that he has within him and that that faith has been a spirit which will enable him to answer the questions that are going to come his way. And so he reminds him in this uh, verse in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 to fan into flame his gifts and he reminds him, and it's sort of come out in already in the service, that God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but he's actually given us a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. And this is actually what Paul encourages Timothy with as he encourages him in his ministry um, and is going to uh, enable Timothy to be able to answer the questions that come his way. And this whole letter encourages uh, about what he has grown up hearing. Uh, he reminds him of the, the teaching uh, of, that he has received. He reminds him uh, of the gospel of Jesus and he reminds Timothy of who he is now because of Jesus. And he recognises that the things that he's going to do to be able to minister and answer the questions is actually not an intellectual thing. He actually reminds him through this verse here that it's a spiritual thing. And as you engage with the questions that come your way from the people that God places in your path, I want to encourage us and remind us that we're going to have to rely on his spirit to work in and through us uh, through our life's experiences, but also supernaturally um, through power, through love, and through self-discipline. So they're my three points that I want to uh, look at this morning uh, just briefly. And so uh, often this, this question comes, to you, comes is how are you going to answer their questions? And Paul reminds him that you're going to do that through the power of God. It's not going to come through your own power. It's not going to come through more study or more this or more doing that or working harder. It's actually going to come 
through the power of God. And so he reminds him in uh, verse 8, he says, join me in suffering because uh, by the power of God. It's the power of God that's actually going to enable us to interact and continue this interaction with the people that God has placed in our paths. He reminds him to be strong through the grace of Jesus Christ. He reinforces that in um, verse 9 as well. He reminds him of his faith to believe who Jesus is and who he now is because of what Jesus has done. He reminds him that that faith in Jesus now makes him a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and makes him a channel of the power of God. It unleashes God's power and his spirit through the teachings that he's received, the reminders of the scriptures that comes his way, the reminder of the story of God throughout history and in his life itself. He reminds him that it's actually the Holy Spirit that's actually going to be able to guard your hearts um, and, uh, as Scott reminded us, not to actually worry about what we're going to say. Can you remember uh, what uh, what Jesus says to his disciples in Luke chapter 12, verse 11? And many of us will remember these words. He says, when you're brought before people and the rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourselves. Don't worry about what you're going to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And it is the power, and and, and we hear those words, we know those words, but often in the reality of it, we struggle to apply them. <laughs> Just yesterday, um, I was working at Bunnings and there's a young guy, Max, he's about 20-odd. And um, so I've been telling them that I'm stopping working at Bunnings because I'm being a full-time pastor. And um, he says to me, oh, he says, I don't mean to be dumb, but what does a pastor do? <laughs> and, um, and so I start to try and answer his question. And as I'm going through, I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I can't even answer that. Like it's, I'm bumbling along and I'm saying, oh, I sort of look after people and I help them and I do this. And I, and I, just, I just felt like an idiot. And um, as I was doing that, I was remembering this sermon and I just thought, I've just got to keep speaking. I've just got to keep trying to tell him because it's actually not the words that, that I'm speaking that's going to make a difference. It's actually going to be the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I sort of bumbled along and said a few things, which I didn't think what was great. But um, I believe that it's actually through the power of God's Spirit that's going to work through those words in his heart as he thinks about that. I've had, I've almost to talk about uh, my faith and what it means to be a Christian because I'm leading. Um, and a number of people have commented, and we'll come into that a bit later, um, about sort of uh, the way I live and the way I interact in that space that often speaks louder than my words. And I think that's so often true. We're going to tackle that a bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Paul reminds us in Romans 1 verse 6, he says, that is the power of God that brings salvation, not Glenn's words or your words. Yes, we want to know and learn how to express it and, uh, and, and to um, express that in a culturally relevant way to the people that we've placed in our... But remember, it's actually the power of God at work through that, not us. And so um, as we go through each of these points in the, the way the Bible to us and also a great challenge to us and they um, spur us on but they also bring us a conviction and a repentance 
and that together as we hold those two intention, uh, intention we can actually move forward uh, into this week, into the lives of uh, the people that God's placed us with as we continue to interact in them. Uh, I love when Paul comes to the Corinthian of Christ and, and you know, writes half of the New Testament and he says, I come to you with weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise or persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so, um, just like I said yesterday about my Bunnings, just somewhere in the, in the context of those conversations, we have to be asking, Holy Spirit, work powerfully through this. <laughs> work through these words. Give me the words. Give me, um, make uh, this person interaction. Uh, make this person receptive uh, to the things that you're doing right now. And we're reminded that the power of the gospel is not what we do but it's Jesus and what he's done as we interact with that and so Paul reminds Timothy that this spirit now lives in him and actually will manifest itself um, through gifts and give him endurance as well Um, the whole area of gifting will make this look different for different people and also um, Different personalities will interact with this differently as well. Um, But we rely on the Spirit's power to interact with those different roles, with those different personalities that God has called us into. That we have been given a faith story, um, whether we've been in the church for all of our lives or just in recent times. There's a story that's building that we know and now come to believe that actually works in and through us as the Spirit uh, works through our words as well. And he reminds Timothy, and I, I remind you, that you will answer your questions through the power of God's story, through your story, and that you are far more powerfully equipped. Take that into this week as well. Let's have a look at the uh, second point, uh, which is with love. And so uh, in, in some ways this is with what attitude do you answer their questions? Um, and so um, we're reminded that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Um, Paul remi- uh, sorry, Peter reminded us when we're giving answers that we do that with gentleness and respect. And Timothy interacts with this right through his passage, right through this letter, saying, Timothy, as you interact with your people who are going to come to you with questions, do that with gentle instruction. Do that with patience. Do that with love. Do that or quarrelling or being resentful. But with uh, purpose, with patience, with love, with endurance, with relationship for this person or these people that are bringing questions to us, we, um, what did I say? We present an argument or we present a story, but we're not trying to win an argument. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're trying to present what we believe and what we understand is the truth. But it's, it's not actually about winning the argument because remember that us winning the argument is not going to be what actually works in their heart. It's actually the power of God. But we want to articulate the best that we can. And so the question I ask in the um, confronting or a bit sort of antagonistic type questions or scenarios, the question I think that we have to have at the fore of what's going on is, do I love this person? 
And I'm actually called to love this person. I'm not called to win the argument or to prove that they're right or wrong. I'm actually called to love them. And that will look differently for different personalities a little bit, but we're asking that question. Um, I think sometimes we get hung up over this and particularly when we think about this, doing it with love, we sometimes fall to the thing that we can't do that strongly. And we look at the social media and stuff and we look at some stuff there and my reaction is sometimes is just like pull your head in. And there's an element that some personalities have to do that. My sin is that I actually don't do it enough and I'm too passive. And so my personality is actually I need to be a little bit on the front foot. And, I actually, and so we need to look at our different personalities uh, as we express love to the people who are asking us the questions uh, in our lives. And that may be with our kids. <laughs> I remember you know, love is patient. Um, and as we work and interact and live with our kids day in, day out, um, how good are you at answering the why questions with patience, endurance and with love for friends and for work colleagues? And the more I see it, particularly in our culture, is um, a relationship of love takes time to build and that we're not going to answer their questions probably in one sitting. <laughs> but we actually uh, love the person, build a relationship with the person, speak into them, uh, demonstrating with love. Also recognising um, that patience with the other person is uh, an expression of love as well. I had a conversation with someone recently who got into a, um, a, a, a conversation with an atheist and it became quite sort of or they were sort of a hard-nosed atheist, like they were driving it and, and wanting to get into an argument and um, interact with it. Uh, and this person was like freaking out, like didn't know how to answer, and uh, but sort of tried to give the answers the best they could. And, um, did. and then uh, at the end of this conversation that, r that ranged over a period of time, this person said, I just want to thank you for the way that you interacted with this. And, and I actually, would you like to catch up for a coffee another time and, and have a bit more of a chat? And there was something about that attitude of love and respect for that person, rather than just getting into an argument about it, that this person honoured and actually wanted to follow up the conversation. And so I think to myself too, particularly with people who are different to me or have different questions to me, um, am I showing them love? Am I seeking to answer their questions primarily because God loves them and I should love them? Even though they may be sort of those who are against me or um, I disagree with. So as we uh, interact with the people that God brings us this week, let's ask for the power. And this, remember, this is a spiritual thing. He's the, the Holy Spirit to express itself in the way we love the people that are coming to us with questions. Uh, and then thirdly, the last one is uh, with self-discipline. And this is a bit of a funny word. Um, and sometimes it's translated sober-minded or self-controlled. Uh, I've come up with Glenn's translation, which is something like this. This is someone who is trained to make wise decisions. 
So, so the self-discipline, and it's sort of, you think of um, disciple, the word disciple, and someone who has been trained over, and Timothy had been trained over many, many years by his grandmother, by his mother, by Paul, uh, teaching him the scriptures over time and uh, making him wise to be able to know how to make decisions particularly when we're interacting with people who come to us with questions. And I believe that's the spiritual, um, the Holy Spirit's power that actually gives us spiritual insight to share uh, maybe scriptures that come to our mind that, or parts of our story that come to mind at the time. Sort of practiced and uh, disciplined ourselves to know the scriptures, to read it and to apply it, to think uh, the more we've actually practiced speaking it to other people, um, the more we've actually done a bit of hard work in trying to memorise things or think about illustrations that are helpful, I think God then, through his spirit, brings them to the fore in the way. Particularly with this, is that you see that in the way he lived. And so right the way through his letter to Timothy, he says, you have heard my teaching, you've heard my teaching, but you've seen my way of life. You've actually lived with me. You've actually seen how... Um, the gospel of Jesus affects the way I live. You've experienced it. People's questions is often your life more than your words. And so how are you demonstrating <laughs> answers to their questions by the way you love them or interact with them or the way you're living your life, what you say no to, what you say yes to? how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Is that a demonstration to um, God's story that actually uh, often answers many people's questions? The way we live, um, uh, and particularly thinking about this um, in light of um, so the two-sided thing. Um, am I being discipled in terms of learning this more? And am I discipling others in this way as well? And in both ways, God is at work through his spirit as I learn and as I slowly disciple and show other people uh, the answers to their questions. Because we recognise too that sin and um, yeah, sin can often damage our answers. And I, I preached this the week that the stuff came out about Ravi Zacharias. Um, and he's the greatest apologist that I've ever heard pretty well. You know, he could answer anyone's questions about stuff. And then the stuff about his life that even got me questioning <laughs> about what, was he, what did he actually believe? <laughs> and then I think to myself, if, if there's stuff in my life that's going to damage the way I answer people's questions or the way they're seeking, um, the self-discipline of, of holiness of making the right decisions, of, as Paul says it, practice this pattern of sin. <coughs> and so as we uh, come to an end, uh, come to a close, um, the beautiful thing about all of this, and that Timothy sort of, remi or Paul reminds Timothy, and I remind you, is that we don't do this alone that we actually do it. Discipline is done in the context of God's family. And that's actually where we're built up and we're trained and we're immersed in this stuff. Um, and so the context that Paul 
encourages and reminds Timothy, both in his first letter and the second letter, is remember that the church laid hands on you and reminded you that you are going to be the channel of the Holy Spirit, speak into and to give answers. And in the same way as we become into the church and we in different roles and capacities, God says to us, um, or we say to one another, through God speaking um, to us as a church, that we are actually empowered and we remind each other that we're channels of the Holy Spirit and that we actually disciple each other into that. And like Paul to Timothy and like us to each other, we remind each other of the the power and the love and the self-discipline. And remember the self-discipline thing too is a gift from God. And it's this tension between doing the work myself but it's also the work of the Holy Spirit uh, enabling me to do that. And so we remind that we're collective people, we're a, a, a people of God. Here's their questions. And so as you go this week, may you be reminded of the faith that God has put in you, of who Christ is and the power that you have within you, the power of the Holy Spirit um, working in and through you. On the way in, I had a chat to Ethan and I bumped into each other in the car park and he was walking in. And he had an experience last night with one of his mates who's been a, sort of around the... Sorry, Ethan, am I allowed to share, share this? Yeah, good. <laughs> Eden. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Eden. Thank you, brother. Um, and he said... Uh, Eden said, he said... The line that stuck in my head, he said, I've been such an ineffectual Christian all these years. But then um, last night, God did this thing and did this amazing stuff in this guy's life that he knows for many years. And I just think there are seasons where um, our lives are just a slow building up to a time where the, the Holy Spirit works with power. And I think Eden experienced that last night. But all that other stuff that we've put in over the years and the years and the years and the love that we've shown as well is the power of God at work in and through us. And it's great to celebrate those wonderful and amazing things, but it's also, um, and I would testify to your faithful, um, in faithful uh, following of Jesus through all those years, through your ups and downs, has also been a demonstration of the Spirit's power uh, in my life and I think in the life of people here as well. And so uh, as we, as a family of God's people, we remind each other of that power that is at work in and through us. We go in love with an attitude of gentleness and patience and endurance with the fruit of the Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, help me to love the people that you place in my path. Help us to love those who think differently to us, those who are antagonistic towards us. And like Jesus did, there were times where he confronted the Pharisees pretty full on. Uh, Just think about um, how that expressed itself in love. Or there were times where Jesus actually walked away from people as well. So just there are different ways and and means of that, but we need the Spirit's discernment uh, in and through that. So we're asking for that all the time. As we continue in our lives of discipleship, being discipled and discipling others, training one another to enable us to make decisions that are wise, living holy lives that display who Christ is. Be encouraged, church, that you are a spirit-filled family of God. You are his servants sent on his mission to make him known and to answer the questions that the world is bringing to you. And so we're going to sing. And as we sing, 
we remind each other of the story that God has brought us to and our salvation and we sing that to each other as we are empowered to go out this week through his spirit. So I'm going to ask the music team to come up and we're going to sing um, I Believe. Sorry, we're going Potter's Hand. Okay. (laughs) Is that our last song for the service? Yeah, yeah, go Potter's Hand. That's good. I'll just bring it forward. I was going to go on, on about I Believe, which is a song that, uh, Roxanne, I still get on your One Hope discussion page, so I get, I get all the stuff, and Roxanne, and I listen to it this week, and it's a great reminder of us, the power that we have because of who Christ is and who we are now as uh, each other. And often, gathering together, um, worshipping and praising, hearing God's word, encouraging one another, praying together, uh, is like Paul to Timothy, and me to you, to encourage us to go and live a life of power and love and self-discipline for his glory. So let's sing this song and then I'll wrap up after that. Thanks, Donna. I'm quite